We are in a mega battle for the destiny of this city, for the destiny of your family, your marriage, your children, and your very own life. And so John is warning us, telling us, exhorting us to not allow ourselves to become sucked into what this world is doing. Welcome to Moody Presents with Pastor Mark Job, President of Moody Bible Institute and founding pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. Living in contrast to the world. You know, that's our calling as Christians, but it's not easy, is it? Much easier to just blend in. But in our series here on Moody Presents titled Contrast, Pastor Mark says we must live in contrast to the world. Maybe you could use some spiritual tools to help with that. I know I sure could. We're going to go right to God's Word to fill our tool belt with what we need to live this contrasting lifestyle that we've been called to, a lifestyle that will lead others to Jesus Christ. We're continuing our study of 1 John, and if you've got a Bible handy, I really encourage you to open it as Pastor Mark starts reading right there. We're looking at 1 John chapter 2, verses 12 through 15. Let me slow it down. 1 John chapter 2 verses 12 through 15. Here's Pastor Mark. In verse 12, he says, I write to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you have known the Father. I write to you fathers, because you have known him who's from the beginning. I write to you young men, because you are strong, and the word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Verse 15, do not love the world, or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world the cravings of sinful man, the lust of the eyes, the boasting of what he has or does comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. So John is addressing three categories of people. He's about to tell them that none of us are above being sucked into the culture of this world. Oh, have you felt that tug on your soul and heart? Come on. Have you felt the pull of the world? Have you been around people and they start kind of sucking you in and you say, hey, 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 why am I talking like they're talking when they should be talking like I'm talking? Have you ever felt yourself starting to get sucked into what they're watching and how they're living and the games that they play and suddenly you say, whoa, 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 whoa wait a second, that's not me. That's who I was. That's the old me. That's the BC days, before Christ days. But, but, but now, I'm a different person, so I have to watch myself, guard myself, live in the light, not get sucked in, live in contrast to the world. So John is addressing people that are living in a day and age much like ours. They're struggling to maintain their testimony. They're fighting to not get sucked into the world. And he says, I want to make sure that you understand who I'm talking to. He addresses three categories of people. 
These are not age categories. These are spiritual maturity categories. He says, I'm talking to you children. And he's not talking to kids in kindergarten or grade school. He's talking about spiritual children. He says, I talk to you children because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. He says, I'm talking to you that are brand new believers. You haven't walked with God for a long time. You just started coming around, gave your life to Jesus. Basically, all you know is I've been forgiven. I don't know pneumonology, the study of the Holy Spirit. I don't know soteriology, the study of salvation. I don't know eschatology, the study of the end times. I don't know what predestination means. I don't know what post-millennial or premillennial means. All I know is I was lost and I was in sin and I was going my way and I had an encounter with Jesus that has washed me, cleansed me, filled me with the Holy Spirit. And I know that my sins have been forgiven. And so I don't know a lot, but I know that. Yeah. How many of you say, Pastor, I think I'm a new believer. I'm, I'm kind of new. Uh, go ahead, raise your hand. You say, I'm, I'm kind of new here. All right, very good. We're having some people get baptized next week. They're new. They're just walking in God, just starting out. And if you're new here, John is talking to you as a spiritual child. You may be 60 years old, but you can still be a spiritual child, right? If you just started walking with God. He says, I... I not only am talking to new believers, he says in um, verse 13, I write to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. Uh, fathers, he's not only speaking to men. This is a, a terminology to speak of people that are mature. He's speaking to men and women who have known God for a long time. You have walked with God. You came to know Jesus a long time ago. You've been through some tests. Your Bible is worn out because you've spent a lot of time in your Bible. You've moved those pages around. You know some scripture. You've heard teaching. You've taught other people. When people look at you, they say, well, that's a man of God or that's a woman of God. Well, I want to be like them when I grow up and be like God. They are mature. People call on you to pray for them. People ask you Bible questions. People look at your example. Why? You've been around for a while. You've known Jesus for some years. Praise God for people like that, right? Praise God for people that have, that have a testimony, an enduring testimony. And then he says, and I write to you young men. This is younger growing leaders. Because you have overcome the evil one. Now he's talking not to children, but people that have moved beyond being children in God. And you, you have the fire of God. You're a young leader that's being raised and you're saying, God, use me. And he says, I'm writing to you because you've overcome the evil one. He's tried to sift you. He's tried to knock you out. He's tried to drag you into the world, but you have overcome him by the power of the blood of Jesus. And you're walking strong in God. I'm, I'm, I'm writing to you. And then he repeats himself. 
And just in case you hadn't heard what he said, he said, I'm right to you, to you, dear children, because you have known the Father. Hey, your sins have been forgiven and you've known God. I write to you, fathers, because you've known him who's from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. Oh, I love that. If you're a young leader here, you say, man, I'm getting into the word. I'm reading my Bible. I'm not living in blatant sin. I've overcome a lot of stuff in my life because I have a zeal to live for God. I want to walk with God. I want to live in purity. I'm getting into the word. I'm getting into prayer. I'm worshiping God. I'm living as a testimony. So whether you're a new believer, whether you're a mature Christian, or whether you're a young leader that's growing, John says this, guard your heart. Because no matter how long you've been in God or how short you've been in God, none of us are beyond being sucked into the world and losing our spiritual life and faith if we don't guard our heart. Hey, we're in a battle. This is not, if you've been walking with God for a while, I'm going to tell you there's a spiritual battle. And, and this battle is out to take your spiritual walk. If you've been living for Jesus for some time, you know this is not easy. There are forces out there that are out to trip you, that are out to defeat you, that are out to discourage you, that are out to eat you alive, spiritually speaking. I mean, we are in a mega battle for the destiny of this city, for the destiny of your family, your marriage, your children, and your very own life. And if you're not ready for this battle, then you will become a casualty of this battle. And so John is warning us, telling us, exhorting us to not allow ourselves to become sucked into this, what this world is doing. And so in order to prepare us, John tells us several things. And if you're taking notes, I want you to jot these down because it's very important. I love what it says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. It says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. I want you to know something today. I, as your pastor, I really want you to make it. My greatest joy is to see you make it. My greatest joy is to see you walk with God. I have people all the time come up to me and say, hey, pastor, you know, I just want to tell you thank you for, you know, ministering the word and, you know, anything I can do. And I say, yeah, you can do one thing, live for God. Because my reward, my reward, my greatest reward is to see you walking in God and living out your Christianity. My greatest joy is to see you walking in God. That's what I love to see. If you want to give me a gift, Trip to Europe would be good. Uh, no, no, no. You want to give me a big gift? Listen, you want to give me a huge gift, a gift that I would really like? Live for God. Walk for Jesus. Don't fall away. 
Lead your family, men. Walk as women of dignity and purity, ladies. Young people, take a stand for God. My greatest joy is to see the impact of the gospel fleshed out in your life and you really living for God. That's what I get most excited about. That's what I rejoice about the most is when you live for God. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Appreciate all this strong biblical encouragement. I do. And there's more just ahead. But maybe you've joined us midstream. Let's quickly get you caught up. We're exploring 1 John chapter 2 looking at verses 12 through 15 today, with a specific goal of learning how you and I can live in contrast to the world. In particular, how can we guard our hearts while we do this? To help you in this contrast series, I recommend you visit our website, moodypresents.org. There, you'll be able to sign up for the Moody Presents podcast. You can stream it through your computer or download an MP3. While at moodypresents.org, why not sign up to get our free Today in the Word devotional? You can also click the Programs tab to listen to all of our teaching and live programming. Did you know that we have several internet music stations? From Southern Gospel to the Praise and Worship Channel, Urban Praise, and Majesty Radio, all at moodypresents.org. Now back to our teaching segment. Here's Pastor Mark Job on Moody Presents. So if you're taking notes today, there's three things you need to remember about guarding your heart. Number one, when your desire for the world increases, listen, then your heart for God decreases and vice versa. When your desire and love for God increase, then your desire and love for the world decreases. This is a spiritual principle that you cannot get away from. Verse 15 says, Do not love the world or anything that is in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now you say, well, Pastor, I thought we're supposed to love the world. Doesn't John 3.16 say, For God so loved the world. Then if... Jesus loved the world, how come we're not supposed to love the world? Aha, good observation. Glad you ask. There's two different meanings here. When the Bible says that Jesus, so, for God so loved the world, he's speaking of the population of the world, the people of the world, the souls, the men and women and children that live in the world. God so loved the population of the world that he gave his only begotten son. In this verse here, 1 John, when it says, do not love the world, it's not talking about people in the world. It's not talking about your neighbor or your boss or your cousin. It's talking about something different. The word here is the word cosmos. It's a Greek word. And... It's the opposite of chaos. Uh, we use it when we talk about uh, the stars in the sky. Uh, we, we talk about the, the cosmos, uh, uh, the, the, the galaxies and the world, the, the star system. It's the orbiting of the stars and it's the system of the planets in, in space and in their orbit. When we're talking about the world, we're talking about the world system. 
its values, its culture, and the entire world system apart from God. What John is saying is do not love the culture of this world. Do not love the system of this world that is apart from God. There's a lot of things in this world that have nothing to do with God and you can become sucked into them and enamored with them and when you get engaged in this world and get enamored with the system of this world, then you start losing your love for God. In fact, John is very clear about it. He says, the more you love this world and its system and its values, then the less you'll love God. So here's what I know. People say to me, well, pastor, I don't know how to have victory in my life over temptation and victory in my life over these struggles that I have that are sucking me in. I'm, I'm struggling to have victory in my life. I'll, I'll give you the secret to victory. Here's the secret to victory. Love God more. The more you love God, the less room you'll have to love the world. Simple as that. You see, a lot of us think that we can love God and love the world. We say, well, yeah, I'm a believer. I love Jesus. Oh, I love Jesus. Me and Jesus, we're together. <laughs> I had a guy tell me that one time. I was at his house witnessing, and he was saying, oh, I, oh, I love Jesus. He told me he just got out of prison. Oh, I love Jesus a lot. You want to know how much I love Jesus? Yeah, I guess. He took off his shirt, stripped down. I thought, well, I don't know what this guy's doing. I'm like, uh, you love Jesus. I mean, I'm not sure. Took off his shirt. He had, he had a big tattoo of the head of Jesus on his back. You see how much I love Jesus? Yeah, but you're living with your girlfriend and dealing drugs. I, I, know, I know you got a tattoo of Jesus on your back, but listen, you can't just say you love Jesus. You have to love Jesus enough to leave the world. I run into individuals like that as well. It's the conversation I've had with the guy that tells me he loves two women. And he says, you know, I'm in love with my wife. I'd do anything for her. I love her. She's the joy of my heart, the diamond of my soul. She's the woman I've loved forever, but I also love my other woman. He has a different love. I, I just love two women. Hold on, buddy. You got a big problem here. The more you love one, the less you love the other. The more you love the other, the less you love the one. Jesus makes that very clear. The Bible speaks about that oftentimes. In fact, for example, in James, referring to the same topic, James chapter 4, verse 4, James says, you adulterous people, he's talking about spiritual adultery. Don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. He's not talking about friends with people in the world. He's not talking about friends with people that don't know Jesus. He's talking about that you hang out, that you love, that you are enamored with the culture and the values of this world. 
and they become your values and they become your culture, if you love that system of the world, then you cannot love God. You will love the world and stop loving God, is what James says. It also tells us in James 1.27, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after wid widows and orphans in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So you say, okay, pastor, well, what is it really that is in the world? Help me understand what is it that I should not be loving in the world? Well, I think verse 16 defines what's in the world. So it leads me to my second point. When you don't distinguish the godly desires from the worldly desires, you will become deceived. Verse 16 describes what's in the world. He says, for everything in the world, there are three things, three main categories of things that are in the world. These all have to do with desires or drives. The cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has or does comes not from God, from the Father, but from the world. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Three things compose the drives of the world. When you don't want to know what's driving people out in the world, what is it, what's that motivate them? You'll find out that the lust of the flesh, the lust of the flesh has to do with anything that satisfies your flesh, your fallen man cravings. It has to do with sex drive. It has to do with pleasure drive. It has to do with feeling good drive, getting high drive. It has to do with with anything that, that you overindulge in. And then the third thing that the world system offers is the pride of life. It's all about me-centered instead of God-centered. So what John is saying is that the world is all about feeling good. If it feels good, do it. It's all about seeing and covetousness and offering things and it's all about pride and what you've achieved and what you've done all of that if you get sucked into that it's all of the world and when you start getting sucked into that system and get sucked into that game you start losing your love and your heart for God someone can be the party person what they do is they just live to have fun they're saying, I'm not hurting anybody. I don't go out and rob anybody. I'm not cheating anybody. I'm single. I'm 23, 24. I got a lot of energy. I just want to have fun. So every weekend, my main goal is I'm going to go out and have fun. And so my main goal is to forget about my problems. If I can get drunk, if I can get high, and if I can have sex, I, I chalk it up to great weekend. And so they go out and that's their goal. I want to get high. I want to get drunk. I want to have sex. I want to have a good time. And that's my goal. I just want to party. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. What's wrong with that? There's a lot of other people that are doing a lot worse things. Nothing wrong with that. I'm young. I might as well take advantage of what I have. Listen, it may not seem too bad out there, but there's one problem. If you're a follower of Jesus wanting to live for God, then the Bible is really clear, really strong, really blatant about this. That that is absolutely 100% a worldly way of living your life.
you live that way, you're going to find that you love God less and less and less and less. So we got the party in them. Maybe you say, well, I'm not that kind of person. I'm much more stable in my life. I'm, you know, I'm married. I have three children. Much more, st I went through that phase. I'm over that phase already. So you don't. But you're into the game of my neighbors have this. I should have that. Thank you, Pastor Mark, for that very critical reminder that as our desire for the world increases, our desire for God decreases. You and I have made it through several key concepts with Pastor Mark, but we need to pick up next week and go deeper. We're going to be taking an honest look at the problem of pride. Ouch, that hits all of us, right? Hey, thank you for helping us keep this program coming your way. Your gifts are vital. They are fueling this ministry week after week. Moodypresents.org is a great place to go where you can give your gift, where you can also decide to become a monthly partner, giving us a, a financial boost every month. You know, if you give at a level of $30 a month or more, we're honored to be able to send you a discount code, giving you 50% off the entire line of Moody Publishers books, and Bible studies, and DVDs, stuff for kids, and a whole lot more. 50% savings every time you use it. You can use it as often as you like as you're a monthly partner at a level of $30 a month or more. Complete information at moodypresents.org. It's been great having you with us today on Moody Presents. I'm John Geiger inviting you back next week. We're going to take an honest look at the problem of pride. That's right here on Moody Presents, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.